First and Now, the official BC Lions podcast is back. Matt Baker, Nick Kowalski inside the wonderful Wall Center, the Go Goat Sports Studios. Uh, shout out to Sakaris and Price doing their thing every day. Uh, thrilled to be aligned with the good folks here. Uh, saw Matt and Blake today. We saw Trevor Martins making an appearance. Kurt Appleby, of course, uh, holding down the fort here. Uh, all the good folks at Go Goat Sports. Nick, how are you doing, my friend? We did it. Got well, a, we didn't mm-hmm. do a damn thing. But, yeah. no. Well, the the whole organization, I, I was saying earlier, it was a full team effort on Saturday. And obviously, um, we're foreshadowing the 59-15 to 15 victory we had yes. over the Edmonton Elks on Saturday. And the whole day, that just uh, really came with it. Yeah, it just, I mean, couldn't, uh, couldn't have gone any better from both a football and a um, logistical standpoint, I guess you can say, uh, on the field, off the field. So... Yeah, we knew we were hyping it up pretty much, pretty good the last few weeks here. One Republic pregame uh, concert was outstanding. Uh, just every aspect of it. They were interactive with the crowd. They played all their great hits, most of them anyway, as much as you can in 35, 40 minutes, but it was awesome. Uh, Ryan Tedder, the vocalist, rocking the hat. Pregame concert to outside. I know you were out there with the drone, the backyard block party. Uh, Biff Naked, famous players band, uh, fans out mingling, having fun, uh, having drinks, food, just a, uh, just it was a party. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Yeah, and it was it was just great to see all the people there. And I, I got out there at about three thirty p.m. Uh, to do some filming with my gimbal, and um, which is like a camera stabilizer. It's kind of this bigger piece of equipment, and I really had to say my excuse me's uh, when I was walking through the crowd because it was jam packed really from that point. Even earlier, because there was a line when I got there. There was a big line when I got there, and there were people outside the actual event and in Terry Fox Plaza, and just just happy vibes all around. And it really started a what ended up being a tremendous night uh, inside BC Place, but just made it a full day event for uh, for Lions fans and people in Vancouver alike. And uh, props to owner Amar Doman, uh, Mr. Doman, doing an outstanding job. And he he hasn't held back. He's he's laid out his plans, laid out his intentions, and caught up with him very quickly before the game he'd been outside at the block party and uh, was just outside his suite that was escorting some of his guests in there uh trying to to find out where the suite was and um you can just tell just talking to him it's kind of a sense of it's happening we did it we're pulling this off and uh the win uh, the convincing win just a beat down uh, of the elks uh, lions uh Start quick, uh, Mr. Rourke engineers a nice 11-play crisp touchdown drive to start it. Uh, a couple takeaways in that first half, both by TJ Lee and James Butler, who we're going to speak with in just a few moments. Four touchdowns, two two rushing, uh, two receiving. Uh, no BC Lions since that G-Roy Simon guy ever accomplished that. Uh, ties a team record, uh, all kinds of records. The third highest point total in Lions history, 59 and you largest halftime lead yes. in franchise history. That's a huge largest one. halftime lead. Uh, Thirty six points was it? Forty two to six. Yep. Uh, tied the amount of points um, in any half for the Lions. So, and I even read Nathan Rourke's completion percentage: eighty nine point seven, eighty seven point nine. The most for a Canadian quarterback ever. So, mm-hmm. nonstop history books. What about for Week One? I, I'm not, I didn't get confirmation on this one, but two Canadian quarterbacks scoring touchdowns for the same team in one game. Yeah, that's, well, we hadn't seen two on the, 
on the field and the same one ever in the modern era, right? So in general, though, yeah, that, that I, I would imagine that's a record. Yeah, but um, yeah, just just an all uh, just an all around uh, outstanding night for the BC Lions organization, and it's pretty much kind of a buzzkill that we're into a bye week now. But hey, you can't control that. You just gotta go with the schedule yep. that they go with, and we'll at least be some rested bodies getting ready to face the Toronto Argonauts on Saturday night, June 25th at BC Place. James Butler, yes, we talked about him. Um, this is a guy you feel good for because the running game was kind of... Um, not not a lot of people high on the Lions running game last year, and we'll fully admit that as, as team employees. Mm-hmm. Wasn't good enough. They all know it wasn't good enough. And, and that was kind of a storyline that kind of flew under the radar going in. Everyone was excited about Nathan Rourke. Uh, the usual suspects, Burnham, Lucky, Whitehead, Dominique Rimes, Javon Katoy, and it's like James Butler. It's like, oh, yeah, the running backs are good here too, guys. And he, uh, pardon the pun, kind of took it and ran with it. Uh, over uh, over 100 all-purpose yards, the four touchdowns, and uh, we're going to look forward to hearing from him in just a moment. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know it's all sunshine and rainbows right now, and deservedly so, but we also got to give a shout-out to the offensive line. Huge. Uh, the, yeah. the, the coaching staff. Making the bra- it possible. Yeah, yeah, the coaching staff, the brass, they believed in this group that uh, was here last year. They brought back pretty much all of the same five starters right now. Um, besides uh, Phil Norman got a, a start. Uh, Phil taking yeah. Hunter Stewart's spot there. Yes, yep. yes. So four of the five are back uh, for this season. And uh, Joel Figueroa is kind of the leader of that group, the veteran leader. And he he had a hell of a game. Suk Chung was a force out there moving guys around. Like they, they set the way, they set the path for James Butler and Nathan Rourke even to uh, to really run wild and even in the passing game have all the time in the world to find uh, – whatever read he wanted to whether it was lucky whether it was hatcher brian had a couple catches so it was just a really tremendous performance overall from the offense yep great to see all three phases uh in sync and complimentary football that's what you want a couple of short drives like we mentioned aided by turnovers and that was great to see and and sean white didn't miss a didn't miss a convert hit his only field goal just he's perfect yeah whitey there you go that kicking game that was such a roller coaster in 2021 Uh, Great to see that uh, working for the Lions as well. All right, uh, just a matter of seconds here. We're going to hook up with James Butler, get his thoughts on what he's doing for the bye week. Uh, I'm sure he has some nice activities planned with his vlog, his roommate, Dominique Rimes. James Butler, Lions running back and host of the Kicking It with JB podcast. Yes, fellow podcaster coming on the program. It is first and now. Welcome back to First and Now, the official BC Lions podcast. I'm Matt Baker, Nick Kowalski, inside the Wall Center at the Go Goat Sports Studio. And we have, uh, we're going to go out on a limb. We're recording this on a Monday afternoon. We should find out Tuesday morning. Uh, we're going to go out on a limb and suggest James Butler. We're talking to one of the CFL top performers of the week. Uh, at least one Lion, I think, is, is going to be involved with that. Just a hunch. James, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Uh, excellent. Uh, I guess my first question, we were kind of laughing after your post-game media hit on Saturday. You talked about how you had all these texts on your phone that you weren't going to have time to reply to. Uh, did you get a chance to reply to them all in the last, I don't know, 40 hours? Yeah, three, three, four, two, two, three days. Yeah, I got I got a chance to get back to everybody finally, say all my thank yous, appreciate it. You kind of, I try to, I try to, I try to make all of them as personal as possible. You know, you can't say thanks, bro, to all my, all my friends. I try to, you know, switch it up. But thanks, man, appreciate you. <laughs> or, 
like means a lot, you know. So more than just more than just replying with a thumbs up emoji, then. Oh no, yeah. I could never. I could never just reply with a thumbs up emoji because I know if it was me myself and I texted someone after having a great game, they just sent me a thumbs up emoji. I might feel a little way about it. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, good for you. Uh, well, uh, first off, I know you're a team guy first here, James, but uh, that's a big deal. Uh, no one since G. Roy Simon as a lion did what you did for touchdowns and all in one half. And I know you were that close to a fifth. I know later it was kind of eaten at you, but has it sunk yeah. in yet? I mean, what's been going through your mind since that big game? Um, Just like, I feel like for me personally, yeah, it's, it's, it was definitely a, a, a great performance, but like, before anything, I got to give it to obviously the old line, you know, give it to Nate and, you know, the coach staff for, for giving me an opportunity and, and believing in me. You know, I know that was that was a lot of touches, you know, probably some of the most touches I've ever had in a game. And um, but it, 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 feel, it feels good. You know, for me, it's like it's kind of like just like a, a good or a bad game. I try to, you know, be excited for it the day after you know, watch the tape and like still as I watch the tape, even when we left the field, I'm like, I feel like I left so many, so many plays out there, so many yards out there that, you know, that just like some of the wrong reads that, that I was making. So it's just like, I just, I try to stay on an even key. I try not to get too high, get too low. Cause I know if I had a bad game, I've been trying, I would have been trying to forget about it. You know, it's a good game. Obviously you want to, you know, take the good things, take the good pieces, but also learn from, from, from what you can. What, what did you, th- I know the, I don't know if you've seen online, James, the feedback about the whole day, but um, what did you think of the whole atmosphere in BC Place? I'm not sure if you caught any of the concert beforehand, but uh, what were your whole thoughts on uh, what what BC Place was like Saturday night? I heard it. I heard the concert, you know, as we were in the locker room, which is cool. Um, One Republic had some really good songs. One Republic has a lot of songs that I didn't know were were One Republic songs. So it was, it was, it was really cool. And it was, and I would just, I would have to say the the atmosphere was electric. Like I saw a stat today on Twitter that like you know BC had the most uh, fans in the, like in in their stadium more than like you know Saskatchewan who always is known for a big following and it was just and it was just crazy to see and like I, I remember just like you know my roommate is Don, is, is Rhymes Don Rhymes the receiver and just telling them like like let's like I just, let's just try to play the best game we can to give these people a reason to, to come back you know because we want to. We want to make it as much of a fan attraction and, and, you know, beautiful Vancouver as we possibly can. It was just, it was great to see that many people out there. I'd never seen that many people in, the, in that stadium. I didn't know it can get that loud. I know it can get that packed, but it was, it was a great atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go down the, the, your journey too far yet. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll get there, but when was the last mm-hmm. time you played in front of a crowd like that? That was, uh, that was on your side. That was on our side. I, w- I, w- I would have to say the, um, my XFL experience, the the fans out in Houston, they 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 showed up and showed out pretty much. I don't think it was ever thirty thousand fans, but they were they were pretty lively and they and they they would show up and show out. So uh, I would def- I would have to say that was the last time I had. But like if I was like really really packed, it would go all the way back to my college days at Iowa and Kinnick Kinnick Stadium is seventy five thousand Hawkeye fans and they are gonna be heard from from miles and miles away. Mm-hmm. And before we go to your college career, we have some co- a couple questions about that. But um, one mm-hmm. thing I, I was curious about, I was pretty much had a, a perfect view. I'll say perfect of pretty much all of your touchdowns. They just happened to come right to my camera, which is uh, that makes my job easy. But one thing I <laughs> one thing I noticed with the touchdowns is 
every time you got into the end zone, you did a big leap and then I you mm-hmm. pointed upwards after. So I was just wondering, mm-hmm. um, can you explain, is that just like a like heat of the moment kind of thing or is there any uh, thought that goes into the celebration that you have when you score? So like I, I always tell like, cause I feel like the receivers and like defensive players, they always have it like mapped out. They know exactly what they're going to do when they get in the end zone. Yeah. For me, I'm just so excited. I like just jump up and down. You know what I'm saying? I kind of like yeah. leap up and down. And then obviously the point, I'm pointing to God because, you know, glory be to God for you know me even having this this talent. But I remember it was one time, I think it was the it was the cutback where, where Nate came and grabbed me. I just kind of kicked my legs up. It was kind of like kicking a door down. And then <laughs> I, I forget I forget what the second one was, where it was kind of like uh, Don was telling me the receivers were making fun of me when I just jumped up with both my feet in the air and like slammed down. He said I look like, like a like a oh I think he said like a Pokemon or something like that, <laughs> or like Yu Gi Oh or something like that. But uh, that one I was just that one was just pure excitement and joy and just yeah I, I don't know like I wouldn't say there's really any any really rhyme or reason behind it, but if if I do it again. Just know that I'm super excited and I'm, I'm I'm super happy to be in there. Yeah, and you you had Nathan hot on your tail on that second one. He was right behind you on that. On that I know. Rider rush. Yeah. Um, no, he was he was telling me he was, he was about to go get a block. <laughs> That's what type of quarterback he is, hey? Yeah, 100. Great guy. Um, we all yeah, okay, we're gonna head down and and talk about uh, your path before the Lions here, like Nick said in just a minute. But I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was well documented last year. Uh, the running game struggled at times. You know, no fault of your own. A lot of games, the team gets behind early, and you kind of have to to kind of almost abandon the ground game. But um, I mean, how special is it in in that respect, James? Where uh, I mean, and you're you're also just uh, you're itching to get more of the accolades and the headlines, like these guys, like Lucky and Burnham, and uh, mm-hmm. so it was a good little coming out party for you, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. And and I think that's 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 the coolest part, you know, just um you know, it's having such a, a kind of a dark cloud around our run game last year, but um able to kind of kind of hit the stride those last five or six games was really was really special for us. And then just like being able to have a lot of those same guys back, even a lot of guys on like me and me and uh my roommate Dom talks about it a lot. Like we have a a lot of those same guys back from last year's offense. So it's kinda like we mesh really well. Like we kind of know what everyone's capable of. And um, just being able to, to kind of get the run game off on the right foot. Because we even felt in in, in, in a training camp, you know, we kind of took those last four games and kind of just, you know, we all kept in touch this offseason. Just like, let's just build off of that. And then, yeah, when it comes to this offense, it's it's a lot of star power. It is, it is you know, guys who, who've had – a lots of success for a lot of years in this league who have a lot of, you know, big names, big smiles, big, big celebrations, big plays into them. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just glad to be a part of it. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, it, I feel like that's what makes this offense a little bit, you know, more dangerous because, you know, if you want to stop the run, that means, you know, you're leaving, you know, four or five guys who can all make plays. And then for me, it's just like, I just, I've always wanted to be a guy that grinds and works hard and just kind of, not talk about it, but let, let my work and let my play speak for itself. So, like, and, and if they want to block the pass, you know, we want to hopefully be able to run it. So, it's 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 great to be, you know, you know, a small piece of this offense uh, that's filled with so much star power. 
XFL Houston Roughnecks, uh, small sample size, obviously, uh, with uh, with COVID kind of um, playing a role in things. The season was just getting going. But what, what were some of your best memories of your time in uh, XFL 2020? Um, just just kind of like how it was here. You know, I kind of um, I had just got released from the Raiders. You know, it was it, it was it was my fourth time getting released from the Raiders, actually. Maybe even fifth if you you know count training camp. But um, so like I kind of like I I was I had just got through the workout with the Packers. I remember really well, and I didn't I didn't really know much about the XFL because I was so you know like whenever I'm in one place, I try to just focus on that one thing. But then you know the XFL called me because they had a couple of running backs go down. I said you know what, might as well. You know what I'm saying I'm 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 tired of of leaving my my future to chance. You know you know the league is kind of like. You kind of just sit around and wait, wait for a phone call and, and hope the phone call comes, but it might not come. So I was just trying to, you know, go get more tape because, you know, as, as, as athletes, you know, your, your tape is your resume, but um, just making it to the XFL and just going through training camp and then, you know, getting, making that team was, which was a blessing in, in its own because that was the first time I'd ever made a professional team. Because both times with the Raiders, I I would get let go right before training camp. Then a couple of weeks later, they picked me up on practice squad, which is you know still nice. But this is the first time, like, because I remember that first team meeting with the XFL. I'm like, did so did we make the team? Is someone gonna call me? Like, do they not call if you don't get cut? Like, I don't I don't know what this what this feels mm-hmm. like. So so it was cool. So like, um, but even then, like, I started off and I was I was the last guy on the depth chart, you know. But uh, I was a kick returner. And obviously, you know, as an athlete, you're you're upset about it. But um, I was like, but just like just just how I've always been, just like head down, grind, like don't look up until like you see the finish line. But um, going into the first game, I was I wasn't even on a depth chart for running back. We only had two running backs up for on a depth, and I was just as a kick returner. The first quarter, you know, football works in you know mysterious ways, it's crazy, you know, like. But um, our starting running back hurts his wrist. He's out. My roommate goes in, he tears his clavicle, he's mm. out. And then like two or three plays later. And then next you know, it's six minutes into the fourth quarter. I'm in at running back, no one behind me. And mm. it's just like, it's, it's, it's my show. But uh, I end up going and scoring two touchdowns and, and kind of like, kind of like last, like this uh, last game kind of like had like a little coming out party. And, just, and then just when it comes to that, like, it's just like now in, in my mind, it's like, it, it's, it's my spot to lose. So, you know what I'm saying? It's, I always feel like I have to earn it, which, which, which is respectable, which is how football should be played. But then like, after that, it's just like, I just try to take that opportunity and run with it the best I can. Do you ever meet Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> I, I have not. I want to though. <laughs> I want to one day. I want to, I want a reality TV show. I think, I think, I think I have the perfect, Face smile now. Shout out Nevada for these braces while I was in college for for reality TV <laughs> or any or any kind of TV. Honestly, there you well, go. Well, your roommate is doing some vlogging. I saw you make an appearance in the last week's episode. Ryan, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have I have a podcast too. I wanted to bring it out this year, but I, you know what? I'm like, let me just focus on ball. I have a really cool idea. I don't know if I should actually. You know what? I'll say it. Some, someone takes it. They're welcome. But see, my idea for my podcast, sorry for just like hijacking the podcast right now. Oh, you're the, you're the guest of honor. You go ahead. (laughs) 
But um, so like I have a podcast, it's called Kicking It With JB. And I just try to have as many cool conversations with as many like really cool people as I possibly can. But um, I really want to do it this year, hopefully next year, when like just have a little bit more time, a little bit more planned out. But um, I want to I want to interview guys from different teams. Like at this point, I, I know a good amount of guys. Like I, I knew a couple guys coming in, like a couple of my college teammates play in this league also. But um, just interview guys before the game because, you know, we have kind of have that time when they get here like the day before, like try to you know, get guys for 20, 30 minutes, talk about their story, talk about the game. And then obviously we play the game that week and then the episode would come out like that week after the game. You know what I'm saying? Just, and just right. ask them, you know, cool, funny questions. I think that'd be really cool. It's kind of like a, like a hard knocks, but like during the season, but podcast version. That's so good. That, yeah. was, that was my idea, but kicking it Hopefully, with JB. Maybe, we, maybe next year. Yeah, so we talked about that in one of the articles we did uh, with you as well. Yeah. You're, you're kicking it, so you're, you're glad to see that's still rolling. And I do like that. I think, I think there's um, there's a market and an audience for that, as you know, James. You know, like yourself, mm-hmm. you have a great backstory with Nevada, Iowa. We've talked a bit here about the XFL. The mm-hmm. league is chock full of those human interest stories. So I think you might be onto something with that idea. We should uh, we should pursue that for sure. Yeah, that'd be awesome, you know, because I feel like it kind of it kind of brings athletes out of that helmet and and make them even more personable to fans who like who you know want to know guys. You know, there's obviously we're all football players, but we're all you know people too, and like you know a lot of us have really cool stories that you know that we just haven't had the platform to to say and to speak about. But you know, fans would you know would love stuff like that because you know they get to know obviously their their favorite player is a great athlete, but they know like. He's a great person, but he's also dealt with this. This is how he overcome this. Cause like, you know, a lot of things just as, as people, we, we go through a lot of the same things, no matter, you know, where we're at in life, but it's cool to be able to see someone that you may look up to on TV as a great athlete, going through something you're going through and overcome it. And that can maybe help you overcome too. Mm-hmm. And so James, you mentioned a couple of your, your former college teammates playing in the CFL. Now um, I got a question. Would your first professional game played in Canada, would that would that have been a member of the Oakland Raiders? You said what? Your first game, your first professional football game played in Canada. Were you a member mm-hmm. of the Oakland Raiders for that game? Was I a member? No, 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 I wasn't a member. But what I was getting at was you, did you play in the, I believe you played for, in the, for the Raiders in the game against the Green Bay Packers played in Winnipeg, Manitoba a couple years ago. Oh, right? oh. You were in that game, wow. right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you're right. You're, yeah. You're, you're, and you're, and you're then right. and then another thing Baker and I were talking about before is I believe <laughs> your your now teammate Keon Hatcher was also a member of the Raiders too. Then correct? Yeah. So yeah, what are, what are your memories from that uh, that game as a member of the Raiders playing in Winnipeg? It was it was interesting because I remember it started off super like. The field had to go smaller, had to yeah. be 80 yards because the end zone, like the goalpost was in the middle of the end zone. And then one guy's getting hurt. And um, I just remember like going to Winnipeg as an open rate. I was just like, damn, they're going to Canada for a preseason game. This is crazy. And like, so I remember this was, I believe this is this is after I had my um, training camp with SAS. And I was like, go by SAS. And I was just like, I just had such a bad taste about Canada. I'm like, you know what? Just Canada's just not for me. Honestly, it's just maybe it's the cold, it's the country. I don't know what it is, but I just I just lose my lose my superpowers when I get up there. 
But um, but no, the game was the game was fun. It was it was definitely cool. It's so funny that you say that. I forget I forget about that. But yeah, my my first game up in Canada was actually with the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, well, we were looking at pictures of you, and I saw one in the <laughs> Oakland Raiders jersey, and it was against Green Bay. And I I, I see the background and of the stadium, and it's this blue kind of walls, <laughs> and I'm like, that's that's Winnipeg. I, I that has to be that Winnipeg game. Yeah, and then yeah, it's, it's just funny how football works too, right? Yeah. You Keon Hatcher was a member of the Raiders. Yeah there and now, exactly. now you guys are teammates again right it's such a, it's, it's such a small world because Keon Hatcher uh was with me at the Raiders and then now who started you know 36 Quincy Moje he was my roommate when we were at the Raiders no way they're, wow they're no yeah Quincy was my roommate so it's just it's just crazy how like this football cycle we just all like you know we all go through the same like kind of revolving doors mm-hmm. it's a small world yeah it is a small world it's like a little fraternity yeah. So did you and Quincy spend a lot of time together in Kamloops too, or did you already have that bond? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we already had that bond. You know, Quincy was a, was a great guy. We uh, spent a lot of time in Oakland. Like we went to a lot of, did a lot of different things. And now, crazy enough, Quincy, his roommate now is Manny Ragumba. And me and Manny Ragumba are from the same high school area. Like we did, like pretty much played each other. Like he was probably, his high school was probably like four miles away from mine. We trained at the same place when we're back home. So it's just like it's like it's just crazy how like this world like this football like world kind of just intertwines. Yeah. It's like six degrees of separation there with uh, <laughs> three well, or four. And then yeah. Ma- Manny and Quincy know, right? were roommates in Kamloops. There's another yeah, it's another string. Crazy, yeah. See, it's it's wild. Quick quick plug for Arrow Up. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and that what was the what was the other weird thing about that Winnipeg game? Was it the field was too short or something? Yeah, was well, that? and then Green Bay didn't yeah. play their starters because of that, correct? Right. Yeah, like Aaron yeah, Rodgers exactly. did not play. They were scared to to, to play their starters because because <laughs> uh, it was like an eighty yard field. Like I remember a dude like our fullback like caught a ball on the ten yard line, but it was really the goal line. So he's like trying to drag the DB like. 10 yards into the end zone because he doesn't even know he scored at this point. You have to like <laughs> look at the ref and realize he had scored. One, one other thing I remember about that game too is the punter for the Raiders, AJ Cole, I believe his name is. He had a, he yeah. had a hoodie uh, rolling up into the game and it said Winnipeg, Alberta on it. So it was a custom made <laughs> hoodie. That was just an incorrect statement about the geography of Canada. So it was just, it was just a oh, funny, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I remember about that game too. But um, you mentioned it earlier. You were a former Iowa Hawkeye. What what was that experience like? It was it was a great experience. Honestly, I uh I started at Nevada. I know a lot of people forget about that, but I definitely started. I started at Nevada, then I finished my uh my grad my grad year at Iowa. And just um being a Chicago kid, you know, being a, a kid that that went to a bunch of Iowa games because my best friend's brother went there um to go to school and just you know, being obviously being a running back and seeing Iowa, just how historic they are. Running backs, offensive line, you know, you know, Coach Ferris, just how historic he is, just a, a living legend in, in, in his own, just and showing no signs of slowing down no matter how how old he gets. But um, it was it was a great experience now. And I love my time at Iowa. I, I feel like I got to play college football at the highest level, which was always my goal. You know, I, I want I always try to live life with that least amount of regrets and I remember being able to, to come with like to get that opportunity to play at the highest level of college football and just and just taking it you know it didn't it didn't go the way I wanted to I ended up getting hurt my senior year but um 
but honestly, everything happens for a reason because, you know, I'm still, still playing, you know, professional football five years later, which is, which is, a, it was definitely a hard feat. I kind of have to pinch myself sometimes to realize that like, I'm still a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. Was there any, uh, with, with like the George Kittle, would he have been there during your Iowa years or is there any other like NFL talent that was there? So I was there with uh, Noah Font, first round draft pick tight end, TJ Hoggison, first round draft pick tight end. Uh, Josh Jackson was there. I think he went, oh, he was a second round. And then James Daniels, he was a second round. Amani Hooker, he's, he's still playing right now. Um, I think Nate, our quarterback, he's still with the Vikings. I'm maybe on practice squad somewhere. Um, Josie Jewell, he's starting linebacker for uh, Denver Broncos. Anthony Nelson, he just won a Super Bowl with uh, with Tampa Bay. Um, Parker Hesse, he was playing tight end for a little bit for Tennessee and then the Falcons. So, I mean, Jake Gervais, he's, he, he just won a Super Bowl with the Rams. So that was a, it was it's a factory. A of, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of guys. I was yeah. thinking about it. Just, it just rolled on the tank. I'm probably missing some guys too, which is, which is even worse. Amir, Amir Smith, Marset, he's, he's playing for the Vikings right now. We got, we, you we were there in it was a lot of guys. It was 2017, right? 2017. So yeah. yeah. George Kittle was drafted in maybe the year before that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Me, he, was, he was there the year before. You just missed, you were two ships passing uh, in the night there. So exactly. as I try but, to, but, Go ahead. But well, we still had uh we had Noah Fine, TJ Hoxson, two 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 first round tight ends from the same school, which is I don't know how what 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 um stat that is or how many schools have done that, but that was that was pretty cool. What was your most memorable game in college, whether it was Iowa, Nevada? What can you think Ohio, of, JB? Ohio State, twenty seventeen. Ooh. One yeah. by far. Ohio we I want to say the score was like 55 to 21 Iowa. They were coming in with JT Barrett. Uh, who was a, who was a D end? One of the Bosa brothers. Nick, Nick Bosa, yeah, of course. Nick yes. Bosa. So, and they were coming into Kinnick and we were, it was a night game. It was a blackout game. We had just got our alternate uniforms that we just saw like that day, like wow. in the locker room. And it was, it was crazy. After we won, you know, all the fans stormed the field. And that was probably in my, like, my whole family was there my mom, brothers, and sisters. Cause, like, obviously at Iowa, it was a little hard for, you know, from people from Chicago to get to, to Reno, Nevada. But, you know, Iowa was like a three and a half hour drive. So everybody was there. It was a, it was a crazy atmosphere. I had one of my, one of my best. I, I broke for a long run. I got caught, though. I'm really sad. Those, those DVs were, were fast at Ohio State. Definitely. He hawked me down and I could have had a like a like a 50, 40 yard touchdown. Hmm. But um it was it was it was a great game. It was a great atmosphere and that was definitely my, my most memorable. I still have I have that jersey like framed in my house now. I even I still I still have the helmet too. It's crazy. Awesome. How how yeah. did the season end that year too? It sounds like with all that talent you guys would you guys have had a good year that year? Um we ended up going to the pinstripe bowl and winning that. I think we ended like eight and five. We were okay. We weren't terrible. It's 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 hard to win in the Big Ten. Honestly, is the Big Ten is is it's a lot of a lot of a lot of like like talented and a lot like you gotta you gotta really 
try to win. I mean, like, or it's hard, it's hard, it's hard to win. Like, like even a five and four team can come into a seven and one team and, and win just because that five and four team is going to be very well coached and, and they're, they're going to have some really good athletes on that team. Mm-hmm. Well, like you said, you're playing college football at the top level, right? That's yeah. The, that's what the big Ten's known for. 100%. And what's crazy is I've always had a little tie to Vancouver that a lot of people didn't know because my college roommate in Nevada was actually from Surrey, BC. Mm-hmm. And uh, his name is Malcolm Lee. He, he was oh, yeah. in Calgary. Yeah, he was with Calgary. He just signed in. He just signed in Sask, one, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, he just signed in Sask. Me, 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 him, and uh, Michael Connell went to to lunch after what, like our Friday walkthroughs. And um, but yeah, like Malcolm Lee is like I like get like my mail sent to his house. Like you know, what I'm saying like his family is like my family. And uh, but yeah, so Malcolm was actually my college roommate, and then I actually came out here when I was with the Raiders. Malcolm was having his pro day at UBC. And like, you know, all of us, I just came out to support him. So I've always really loved Vancouver. It's always been like a really, really special place to me and like a very special place in my heart. We keep learning more and more here. This is outstanding. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I know uh, we're getting some deserved uh, downtime here. I don't know. You're, you're sticking around town, I think. Right, James? What's the plan for the bye week? Mm-hmm. Sticking around town. I think me and a couple of the guys are going to head to North Van today because uh, it's supposed to be no rain. So we're just going to try to just go see as much sightseeing as we possibly can and then watch this Warriors game. But yeah, sticking around. Um, me, I'm a, I'm a get out of the house kind of guy. Like I want to get the most out of Vancouver as I possibly can. I, I, I love the amount of sightseeing that's possible. You can do it. I think, you know, coach Rick says it all the time that like, like you could really go, 30 minutes and be somewhere that you've never been able to see anywhere else in Vancouver, which I think is really nice. So I just try to go as many places I possibly can and, and, and sightsee as much as I can, because this is a beautiful city. So I just try to get the most out of it. Go do the gross grind. It's a nice leisurely (laughs) relaxing walk. You know, what's, you know, what's funny. I have a funny story about that actually last year. So (laughs) I'm telling you, I'll be, I'll be around. I, I, I do a lot. So I went to the Capilano suspension bridge yeah. and um, I do a lot about myself. So I was by myself. And then I didn't even know the gross grind was like, you know, like a 20 minute up the, up the, up the mountain. And I'm like, it was probably like six or seven o'clock. And I'm like, you know, what? I'm gonna do it. Whatever. Like I'm here. It's only going to be, an, I heard it's only an hour. It's no big deal. And then I started it. And then I would see like a dad, like a little kid walk down. Like, okay, they can do it. I can do it. And then I'll see like, you know, like two like elderly women, like walking down. Like, okay. I definitely can do it now. Let's do this. So I was starting starting my way up. It was like six or seven o'clock. Then I'm realizing, okay, the sun's kind of starting to go down. I'm a little scared because I don't know if I can walk down this thing by myself in the dark. But also, I have no idea what a gondola is. I don't know there is a such thing as a gondola. I didn't know that when you got to the top, something took you down. So I'm just thinking, if I gotta go up, I gotta go back down. And then I met this really I forget I forget the 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 the, the, uh, the man's name. But he was just trucking along, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna have him set the pace. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this. So he was just trucking along, and I could not keep up for a second. I would like go like two minutes, take a break, and he was just like, no breaks, no breaks. Okay. And then another two minutes, and then finally, I'm like, you know what? You just go on without me. I cannot, <laughs> I cannot go at your pace. Like you got it. 
And then that's when like my mind started telling me like, you know what, James, like maybe this isn't a day to do the gross grind. Like maybe you should come back and prepare for it and then do the gross grind. So I probably got like, I don't, not even halfway up. I got, I started up and then I just came back down. I, I did not finish the gross grind. I started it though. And I still don't know if I'm going to go finish it. I, I haven't decided yet, but um, it was, it was an experience. And what's funny enough, I found a bunch of my teammates like getting on the bus because they had just got down um, finishing it, which was nice because my phone had just died. I would have had no way, no clue how to get home. <laughs> so it was, it was, it turned out to be a, honestly a pretty cool day. It was, it was, it was wild. Got to check your ego at the door when you go there. Um, oh yeah. No doubt. Yeah, uh, you got to prepare yourself. I've, I'm thinking like, like you said, like I'm thinking it's just an easy leisurely hike. You know, it's a really cool view I've heard. And like, cause me, it's just like, okay, what do, what, what do I do in Vancouver? Like what are the hikes? Cause I'm, cause I don't know why, cause I'm from Chicago. So it's always flat. I'm thinking like, if I go somewhere here, like in like the, like the West coast, like I'm like, I'm just going to want to hike every day. I'm just going to hike for fun. And then so I'm always asking, like, what are the best hikes? And then I actually start the hike, and I genuinely dislike it. Like, I am not having any fun at all. Unless it's, like, a cool hike that's, like, you know, just, like, kind of, like, just, like, a path or hill, but up rocks and mountains. Like, the views are awesome. They're amazing. But I'm realizing more and more that maybe hiking is not my strong suit. Yeah. Yeah, you got to earn those views. Stick to yeah. those four touchdown yeah. games. Right? Yes. So. Yeah, 100%. Hey, JB, look, this is great. I mean, uh, we, we covered a lot of ground. We could cover a lot more. We'll almost have to invite you back for a sequel. But uh, we, we appreciate you taking the time. And congrats on the win. And uh, one more quick plug for your podcast, Kicking It With JB. Where do we find it? All our major platforms? Kicking It With JB. All the major platforms spotify apple music but it's also a video podcast so it is on youtube too perfect kicking it with jb it's it's k i c k i n w i t no h got it jb yeah as in your initials awesome yes exactly Great. We'll check it out. And uh, if you ever need some guests, there's there's two guys I can think of here. So there you go. We'll do, little, we'll do a return the favor, right? Exactly. Um, Next year, you guys will be my first guest on Kicking It With JV. You heard yeah. it first. I will, uh, we'll hold you to that. So awesome. Thank you, sir. Sure. And uh, look forward to seeing what you have uh, in week two. For sure. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys. Thanks, Thanks JV. Excellent stuff with James Butler. And again, we're just going to make a prediction that he's going to end up as a CFL top performer. <laughs> I think keep, that's a There might one. be more than one lion, just a hunch, but awesome stuff. And uh, kind of went uh, a lot of ground cover there, but it's awesome. That's a guy who loves to talk. And um, so many six degrees of separation is connections to Malcolm Lee and Ragamba. And Key, you, you brought up that great nugget, him and him and Keon Hatcher playing for the Oakland Raiders at the time against the Packers yeah. in Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah, creeping people's Instagram pays off sometimes. Well, <laughs> for yeah, you, you you can speak for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> but and a quick funny note though about that Winnipeg game, we were actually there. So 2019, uh, the Lions did one of those extended trips, went to Hamilton, 
the team was going to Winnipeg on a short week, so the team actually stayed in Hamilton for three, four extra days, then went right to Winnipeg before coming home. So there was the Hall of Fame game in Hamilton. Among the 2019 inductees was Mervin Fernandez, Swervin Mervin, all-time great Lions receiver, one of them. So we see Mervin getting inducted to the Hall of Fame at halftime at Tim Hortons Field. Four or five days later, we just get to Winnipeg, check into the hotel, and walk into the elevator. Who, who do I see? It's Mervin Fernandez. Hey, Mervin, what's going on? We just saw you getting uh, into the hall last week. And so uh, the basis was Mervin, of course, a former Los Angeles Raider. He was in Winnipeg with a bunch of other Raiders alumni kind of hyping up that game that was going to take place at IG Field. Like I think it was like four or five days after we were playing. So that was kind of a my funny memory of that whole that whole thing and yeah of course the 80 yard field and um a bunch of expensive empty seats right Win- winnipeg so, alberta winnipeg <laughs> alberta so um hey again we we don't want to proclaim anything a very small sample size it's a long grind uh back to the longer grind of an 18 game season going to be some tough games but they get that uh production out of the backfield with jb that's Nothing but great news. That's exactly it for on the field and off the field. It's about just building momentum now and taking what we saw on Saturday and just using that and building momentum. And I'll take maybe a little cheesy here, but arrow up. Yes, one direct, one small step up, and we're pointing up to the right direction, right? And building this this team and building a fan base and all of that. So it's it's been a really good start, but now. Toronto is our next game, and Toronto seems to be a quite a strong opponent. We'll see them in their first action uh, this Thursday, uh, hosting Montreal. Yes, so that'll be a good sense of uh, the competition Toronto will bring. But I- I'm pretty positive Toronto is going to be a force this season, so it should be a- another good test uh, in our Week Three game. First in the West uh, a year ago, and let's quickly, quickly before we're out of here, a couple more minutes. We'll go around the horn. The week starts again: Toronto, Montreal, and and again, please, Toronto, Southern Ontario. Argos are a great brand of football. Buy some tickets. I mean, we saw the uptake in attendance here to pump our own tires. Sorry, but we just hope that there's uh, an effect across the league. So Toronto, Montreal, uh, Argos had the week one by. Alouettes uh, lost a tough one in Calgary to kick things off. Uh, that was one of those classic down-to-the-wire. Unfortunately, they lost uh, William Stanback, but um, pretty good week game to kick off the season there Montreal Calgary yeah offensive shootout to, to get the season going Vernon Adams Jr. had a great game uh made a lot of plays we saw this is also probably the, maybe if not again pumping our own tires here the it's, week what, one, hey, it's what we do here <laughs> the week one story was probably the 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 finale uh, at BC place for uh, as far right. as the games go but and another huge story of week one was that two games were finished off by backup quarterbacks entering the game and leading game-winning drives. And that's Jake Mayer, Jake Mayer. In, in Calgary. And then uh, Drew Brown in Winnipeg had to uh, come in relief of uh, Zach Caleros at the end there, Yeah, they had, they had to send him off for evaluation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's another big storyline. Uh, Cal- Calgary just keeps pumping yeah. out these quarterbacks, and it, it led them to another uh, Week 1 victory. We won't believe the Stampeders are rebuilding until they're actually rebuilding. But that's a good point. Uh, good night in Winnipeg. They raised their 2021 banner, and... I thought the Blue Bombers were, you know, didn't necessarily come uh, as advertised. I mean, obviously missing Jackson Jeffcoat. I mean, you're you're dealing with Paul Lapalise in Ottawa, someone who knows the Bombers well, and and a new offense there being um, being sort of installed with Jeremiah Mazzoli, Darwin Adams, and 
whatever other free agents they added. I know there were several. Yeah. I can't think of them all, but um, some bad clock management at the end of the first half, though, kind of uh, was the storyline for Ottawa. I think the storyline of that game would have been Ottawa kind of shooting themselves in the foot. We saw yeah. we saw Jalen Acklin drop a sure touchdown to start the game. Uh, yeah, the clock management at the end of the first half. But uh, like you said, Winnipeg, I felt like they were missing, especially on defense, they're missing Brandon Alexander and Jackson Jeffcoat. But um, in my opinion, I think they were missing Kenny Lawler a lot, or they might be missing Kenny Lawler a lot during mm. the season, as well as Andrew Harris. There's, there's a reason they went yeah. unde- undefeated last year when Andrew Harris is in the lineup. Um, it's great to have young backs, cap- you think, capable of filling that spot. But yeah, this is... It's- Andrew Harris in the locker room as well. Right? Yeah, that, Just, that presence too. And my, yeah. my point about Lawler is we saw a lot of times last year where he was winning. It wasn't a 50-50 ball with Kenny Lawler. He was bringing it down pretty much every time. And, yep. um, now he's in Edmonton. We saw him up close. I, th- I thought Kenny Lawler was a bright spot for Edmonton too on Saturday if we want to give the Elks a little bit of uh, positive feedback. I thought I thought Lawler had a pretty good game. He was, he was making plays really throughout the game. Yeah. Yeah, that's there's a reason they, they believed enough in him to pay him what they paid him and yeah, we'll see what they have. Uh, they they host Saskatchewan on Saturday. That's that's intriguing for me. See how the Elks respond after after what went down here. And uh, I'll tell this might surprise you, but the surprise of the week for me, I don't know. I have to start having. I have to stop having faith in the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, I'm not necessarily surprised that Saskatchewan won that game. I'm surprised at the margin of victory it was. Uh, I I don't know Hamilton, Dane Evans, and just. I don't know. I thought they'd put up more of a fight. I'm not sure what your view was on that. I and obviously didn't see much of that one because we were getting ready for our game. But um, a little disappointed in Hamilton to start the year off. Yeah, Hamilton's offense was stalling a bunch. Um, that could just be playing weak run in Regina. Uh, I'm sure, as you saw last year, it can be a tough uh, task. A, yeah, yeah, tough task to go up against. But uh, it, it was a close game really until the end. I'm not. Saskatchewan was the better team in that game, in my opinion, but. Uh, it was it was a pretty much a field goal contest until late in the game when Saskatchewan scored. They scored a touchdown with a uh, Keenan Schaefer Baker, and then they also got an interception right after down to the one, and then punched it in to yeah. get a quick fourteen or quick big swing. They, they went for two, yeah. so a quick fifteen points. Yeah, um, in that game, um, and yeah, the rider, the Riders look really good too. Like they have they have a lot of weapons on both sides of the ball and. Duke Williams, uh, yeah, that Fajardo, Keenan, Schaefer, Baker, that's uh, that's gonna give some defenses some problems. People, I think people are forgetting that Shaq Evans had thirteen hundred yards in twenty nineteen too. He looked yeah. like his old self again uh, on Saturday afternoon there. Very intriguing uh, week one. We we don't want to overreact in week one, but uh, we should see uh, Hamilton hosting Calgary this week. So we'll see what the Tiger Cats. Uh, how they recover, home opener for them uh, back at Tim Hortons Field. Winnipeg Ottawa rematch. Not rematch. big on not big on the week one and two back to backs. Back to backs themselves, other parts of the season fine. Um we have at least one, I think, with Saskatchewan in, in August. But yeah, that's maybe they're making up. Winnipeg and Ottawa didn't face each other at all last year. Maybe that's, they're, they're just trying up for to that, make yeah. up for that. And then yeah, we, we mentioned the Argos and the Alouettes and the Elks and the Rough Riders and the Stampeders going in to Hamilton. So. Yeah, the Winnipeg-Ottawa game is really intriguing to me because I feel if Ottawa can keep it close again, then we can say, okay, Ottawa's a different team this year. They've rebuilt themselves and they're actually going to be a competitive football club. But if Winnipeg can roll over them in that game, I think we can say, okay, Winnipeg is still Winnipeg and they're, they're still the team that everyone's going to be gunning for. Yeah. 
we shall see. Uh, most of those end in the split, but we'll see if Ottawa is able to recover at home. All right, my friend, uh, this has been great. Uh, thanks to James Butler and uh, thanks to Kurt Appleby producing the program this week. I always love being here in the Wall Center at the Go Goat Sports Studio, and we'll be back here next week uh, with a guest to be determined. Uh, it's by a week, but keep it tuned to our channels, bclions.com, all our social media. We'll still be putting out content uh, in addition to this podcast. And we'll be back on First and Now next week. 